Well, there's no doubt anymore that the chroniclers have gotten their appendages on Javier. Probably on his whole family when you think about it. At least we got him back from wherever he disappeared to. And in the hands of people who can help out with the health problems he seems to have picked up along the way. But how do we keep them from just grabbing him again the way they used to do with Neville? I don't know. Maybe Peasley can help me figure out how to get Javier declared a rogue too. For now though, I need to decide what I'm going to do with this data Javier managed to get hold of before someone or something pops out of nowhere to retrieve it. Once I get that sorted out, I've got a few new strings I can start tugging on. You're listening to The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast. When we last left River, he was standing in the emergency room room with his friend Javier Castillo in the bed. Javier had just came to after he had a fit, and now all of his vital signs seemed to be being fine. Heavy in his pocket are the things that Javier gave him last time. Javier shakes his head and wipes his eyes. Redacted, I, I, where are we? What, what's, what's going on? You're in the hospital. Um, you went hiking and got lost, and now you've been found. Oh, okay. Uh, did, did you find me? Yeah, I guess so. Thanks, thanks. Um, you notice he has a look of bewilderment on his on his face. He's looking around and trying to reassess of where he's at. Go ahead and give me a human troll. Seventy-two out of fifty-seven. Ooh. He looks sincere and confused. Yeah. Do you you remember? being brought to the hospital? No. No, I don't. I'm in a hospital, though. I'm in a hospital gown. He pulls up his sheet. I'm in my hiking pants. Yeah, you uh, spent a few days out in the woods. Where the hell did I get all these scratches from? Uh, I guess you were uh, going off the trail a bit. Oh, man. All right. Okay, I, uh... Whew. Do you ever wake up from, like, a nap and not remember if it's a.m. or p.m. and you're kind of confused? Oh, I guess sometimes. Or, like, when you wake up if you've taken a nap or it's somebody else's house and you're not at your home, but you're like, how the hell did I get here? Yeah, I can understand that feeling. Yeah. He scratches his head and uh, knocks the pulse oximeter off of his finger, causing the instruments to beep a bit. And a uh, nurse comes in, looks at you, goes, hey, excuse me, Mr. Castillo, you need to uh, keep that on your hand there, sir. Javier uh, apologizes. Well, look, these people are going to take care of you, make sure that uh, everything's okay. All right. That that sounds good. Um, Where's my where's my phone? Um, did we? No, he, he, he contacted me on the phone, didn't yeah. he? Um, did he? Did I take it away from him or anything like that? It might be in his personal effects, which are kind of uh, put over in one of the chairs. Okay, I'll, I'll look for those. You do find his phone. Here it is. Someone you want to call? 
Uh, no, no, I just want to have it on me. Um, um, make sure that if something, something's going on, I'll be in touch with you. Is that, that okay? Oh, please do. Oh, man. I'm glad that when I came to, you were the first person I saw. That was, this is, this is scary. Yeah, I know it is, but, uh, try not to worry about it too much. We can, we can deal with that later. We just want to make sure you're okay. Okay. All right. Sound, sounds good. The nurse looks at you and uh, looks at him. You can stay if you want. Um, there's water down the way. If you want to get something to drink, there's uh, vending machines and stuff down the hallway. How long do you think you'll need to stay here? He hasn't gotten to see a doc yet, so hopefully a doc will get to see him as soon as one's available. He does not seem to be a priority right at the moment, though. A high risk priority. Sorry, you're still a priority, sir. You're just not in high risk. You're 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 cognizant. Nothing really is broken. Yeah, that's good news. We'll uh we'll do some tests. And Javier's eyes are kind of wide. Yeah, if they were worried about you, they'd be a couple doctors and a half a dozen assistants around here. You're fine. Javier breathes and and gives a weary smile. All right. Um, if if you want to head out, um, and he looks at his phone. I've got I've got a pretty good charge. Um, you you can head out and uh, I'll, I'll reach out to you. I'll give you an update when when I get to see a doc or something, a doctor or something. Okay, yeah, keep keep me up to date. Thanks, Redacted. I appreciate you, man. Well, I'm I'm, I'm glad you're okay. You say your goodbyes to Javier, and still sitting in the waiting room is Neville Kingston Brown. Well, um. I don't know how long he's going to have to stay here, but uh, I think we can get you home if uh, if you want to call it a day. Okay, that that works for me. He's doing okay? Uh, he's in good hands. All right, that's good to hear. Um, I really appreciate when you guys took care of me. I can imagine what he's feeling now. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it's pretty scary. Yeah, I could say I've been there. Yeah, you sure have. He's probably going to want to talk to you about it. Okay. I'm willing to talk to anybody about it. Well, mostly anybody. You guys head out to the vehicle, and uh, Neville gives you uh, the address where he's staying. He is staying there in Marin County, up up above north of uh, San Francisco. In the car, uh, Redacted, what what do you know of, of Professor Peasley? Um, which one? Um... Nathaniel, the, the, the doctor that, that gave us the information about coming here. Oh, it's only the second time I've met him. Uh, he, he seems to know a lot, but I uh, don't know him personally really at all. He says that he and I met a long time ago, and he knows a lot about me. Yeah, that's what, that's what he told us. I don't remember him. Well... How much do you remember about the library? I remember it's weird because they are flashes. They're they're like I remember the desk, I remember writing something or typing something. I remember I remember standing near a window and looking up at the night sky and thinking it was beautiful unlike anything I've ever seen. But then I remember that I'd seen the night sky like that on a clear night in in the before time like before I went to the library uh, back in Australia 
Yeah, I'm not even sure it's Australia. Because if it's Australia, wouldn't I have an accent? You might. I don't think I would lose that type of accent. Do you? I don't know. It depends on how long it's been. It seems like it's been a long time. Yep. And I think when you knew Professor Peasley, uh, my impression is that was mostly in the library. And so your memories of that aren't all that clear. Maybe that's why you don't remember him. Maybe. I just don't know if I trust him. Well, I guess that's uh, something that you're going to have to work out for yourself. Has he asked you to trust him for on anything? No. No, I don't think so. Do you remember his son? Funny thing is that I remember the things that he said about his son. Like a conjured image based off of what I've been told. Hmm. Does that make sense? I have no idea. Shit. Um, so it's like you're told to imagine something and you're given all of the details and then like somebody pushes play and a video starts, but I don't remember all of it. It seems like it was put there. Implanted memories. Is that a thing? It can be. Things are just so hard to, to process. Like a lot of stuff's changed in the world and a lot of stuff's changed since you guys found me. I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm just having a, maybe I'm having a, a break or a breakdown or, or something's cracking. Well, you've been through a lot. Um, it's going to take a time to uh, put all the pieces together. There's a lot of pieces. Have you been talking to anybody about it? Yeah, um, Dr. Redacted um, helps me find a, uh, a counselor, and I've been talking with them. I have to be careful on what I tell them because stuff sounds, um, you know, and he twirls his finger by his temple. A little, uh, little loony, right? Yep, I know exactly how that works. I would love to just be able to sit down and talk to somebody that, like, can understand this and not necessarily just want to lock me away in a hug-me jacket. Well, I I understand it better than most people, but can't claim that I understand all of it. During the ride home, he kind of unloads a lot on you. Some of it doesn't make sense, but you, you're a good listener, and you ask some questions. Let's see how good of a listener you are. Give me a psychotherapy roll. Psychotherapy? Uh, do I have psychotherapy? I, I have 10 in psychotherapy. Don't roll an 11. 100. Double zero. Oh. Oh shit, what do we do with this? <laughs> Neville just keeps rambling on and on and on. And then he starts putting pieces together in a grand conspiracy kind of way as he's verbalizing them and things are contradicting themselves. He doesn't seem to make sense. And he's seems to be getting more and more manic and quickly agitated. It's disturbing you because he's starting to make sense. He's starting to make sense so much that you're getting an image in your mind of all of the things that he's saying. You missed the turnoff for the one street that you have 
because you're distracted by his thoughts, even though he's still talking. Give me a sanity roll because of your analytic mind, analytical mind trying to make heads or tails of the pieces that he laid out of this puzzle. Oh, no. 91. Oh, no. Go to give me a roll. Roll me a 1d4. Oh. <laughs> one. Okay. You take one point of sanity, uh, sanity damage, sanity points. As it's making sense, his his ideas, um, you're able to also put together these bits and these concepts, and it's making so much more sense. Um, his concept of these chroniclers are taking over certain people and shipping them off to some library off in some other dimension or a planet or in space. He thinks it's the same solar system, maybe even, but that can't be true because there's no other inhabitable planets, but maybe it's a moon. Maybe the moon has something inhabitable, but it's actually just your consciousness because consciousness are just brainwaves like data that's being transferred from one entity to another. And there's been a data transfer between these chroniclers and certain human beings. And that's what launches them in. And then some people actually get the ability to go there. They don't know how, but there's a, some kind of dimensional door that gets opened up and they get scooted away. And knowing and what you know about portals and doors and other dimensions, this shit kind of makes sense. Yeah, that would explain a lot. Oh, we, we made a wrong turn over there. Uh, we need to We need to go back around. Oh, oh, sorry. That's okay. Here's, here's my apartment over here. Okay. Well, you take care. You're, you're a real good friend. I, 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 I appreciate you. Thank you for, for letting me kind of just, just unload everything onto you. I'm, I'm, I am so grateful. I feel relieved. Well, I'm, I'm glad. Huh? Hopefully this is all going to work out. I hope so. I look forward to it. All right. Well, good night. Good night. He exits out the door and waves at you as he walks up the stairs to his third floor apartment. Okay. You get a text message from Jen asking you, when are you going to, when when do you think you'll be home? I reply on my way now. Dinner's in the fridge, throw it in the microwave for three to five minutes. I'm upstairs. Can't wait to see you. Katie's doing homework. See you soon. She replies back with XOXO and see you soon. Well, then I will drive home. You arrive home in short time and you see that the house lights are on as the sun is going down and it's getting dark outside. You find the food in the refrigerator, just like she said, with the little note on it with the reheating instructions and the date. And while it's reheating, I'm going to remember that business card that's still in my pocket and I'll pull it out and take a look at it. It says Motion Inc. Subsidiary of Cypress Securities. It says Mikhail Klopper. And it gives a email address as well as a international telephone number and a toll-free telephone number as well. Cypress Securities. Uh, how'd they get all this? I want to check the international code on the on that phone number. South Africa. Of course. Let's see, what time would it be in South Africa now? Probably not morning yet. I will stash that back in my wallet and take care of my normal evening business. Okay. 
it's still very early in South Africa. It's about 5 a.m. there, as it's about 8 p.m. your time right now. So yeah, calling that number, you're probably not gonna get a response. You head upstairs and Jen sees you and comes over, gives you a hug and a, gives you a quick kiss. I want to go pick up some stuff for Katie after school tomorrow, her first, after when she gets out of school. So we probably won't be home until like 637. Uh, so we won't be here when you get home after work. Okay, I might have some errands to run myself. Okay. Everything doing okay? Um, I think so. Okay, that's good. She gives you a smile and, uh, you know, walks off. Go say hi. Go say hi to your daughter. Yeah, I'll go down to see Katie. You open the door and she's typing away on her computer and she has her earbuds in. I will walk up to her and tap on her shoulder. Shit! Oh, Jesus, Dad. Don't do that. Uh, I suppose I should have IM'd you first. Yeah, something. Almost gave me a heart attack. Ah, uh, you're still young. <sighs> you know, people can have heart attacks at an early age, too. So what are you working on? So I've got this neat 3D printer program that I'm that I'm working on. Um, it's don't remember the oh, there it is. And she pulls it up and she starts to show you a 3D printing software. I've got this this neat file that helps with people. Uh, you know, a lot of people are asking online to 3D print some parts. And so I'm kind of making it a little bit better, make it a little bit easier and making different sizes. So it's like a community project. It's to help with uh, kids that stepped on landmines. Oh, wow. That's uh, what, what sort of parts are you printing for them? Um, it's part of like the, the prosthetics for their, their legs and stuff. Really? Yeah. I'm not doing any of the printing. I'm just doing the designing because, you know, if you look at this one, and she pulls up a couple different models and she explains that the sizes don't necessarily work out for everyone. So she's making some minor tweaks here and there. Since it's a community project, we all kind of work on it together and, you know, we send it out to people. And then this way they've got lots of options and we can we can do this stuff uh, at low cost because that stuff can get to be expensive. And you, you just you print these like in a regular old printer. Well, a 3D printer. Do we have one of those? Not yet. Could, could, do you think maybe we can get one? How much do they cost? Well, the one that I want to get is a resin printer, and we can even get a curing station. The whole thing would be about $500. You know what sort of chemicals are in those resins? I do, but Redacted, you know, helped build the, the shed out back, and I was thinking maybe I could do it out there, so this way we're not going to do it inside, and we don't have to worry about poisoning anybody in the house. Okay, but we'll have to install some ventilation fans. Okay. So, you, you know what? I'll find a couple options and I'll, I'll give you, uh, I'll, I'll show you the ones that, that I want and what we could do. And, you know, maybe, maybe we can, maybe we can get one, Dad. I'll talk to your mother and we'll, we'll decide. She smiles at you, gives you a kiss on the cheek. Yes. Hey, do you have any of your old laptops you don't use anymore? Uh, yeah. I've got, uh, the, the old Mac Air that you gave me. Uh, can I borrow that for a while? Yeah, sure. She reaches uh, underneath her table and pulls out a small courier bag. It might need to be updated, and that update could take a while. So, you know, if you're going to use it, plug it in soon. Oh, I'm just going to use it uh, standalone. I, I don't think I need to update it. Okay. It'll still run, right? I hope so. It better. I'm going to boot it up. It starts up, and you get that familiar Apple ding. Okay, how do you how do you put this in into airplane mode? Um, If you go down over here... 
No, over here. No, here, let me do it. And she hands it back to you. There you go. Okay. Let me just take this into my uh, my home office. Uh, I got something I want to check on it. All right. No problem. Maybe. Oh, maybe we can get two printers. Maybe we can get a PLA printer and a resin printer, too. Let's talk about that tomorrow. Okay. What the hell is a PLA printer? You head to your office, your your river cave, if you will. All right, and I'm gonna gonna plug that USB drive into it. It recognizes immediately. It doesn't need to be formatted or anything. It recognizes it as another drive. You navigate to the folders that are there. Normally, I would say this is a computer use role. Yeah. Or a signal intelligence role. Computer science role. All right. So give me an intelligence role at a negative 30. Okay. Well, my intelligence is 75. I will need a 45, damn it. 44. Oh. All right. Do me a favor. Put a check mark in your computer science. Ooh. You find that a, there's a folder that has about 2.4 million files included on this USB drive. They're in a format that you are not familiar with. You don't have the programs on this computer to read them. You would have to connect to the internet for that to download the appropriate uh, software for some of them, which might lead you into reading other ones. Now, you do know some tech-savvy folks. Yeah, I think I would want to ask for help on this. Okay. I wonder if somebody on the ranch might know what to make of these things. So I'll, I'll get out my phone and bring up that special chat and say, I've got some uh, esoteric computer files uh, that I'm trying to read. Is there anybody out there who can help? E. Wallach replies back to you. Hey, Sheriff, good to see you. What type of esoteric uh, computer files are we talking about? I will describe what I've seen as best as I can, but I'm not mentioning where I got them from yet. Jay Palance replies back to you. Can you give a sample? I'm not sure I want to connect this data to the network. Definitely not to my phone. Ewalik, can you dead drop in Sacramento? Yes. They go through a couple more technical things about possibly making a copy. Did you want to give them the original or did you want to get a, give them a copy? I, I prefer to give them a copy if I can make one. A quick run up to your daughter's room and snag one of the USB drives that she has that she wasn't using. You're able to run back down and transfer it to that drive itself. Transfer the, the naked file over. Ewalik gives you a location in Sacramento to drop off the file, and he will be able to review it and then maybe get it elsewhere. Because you're not technically savvy, and they're kind of aware of that. Okay, well, at that point, I think I'm going to call it a night. You call it a night, you go to bed, and uh, Jen's there, and you guys watch a little, catch a little bit of the news and chat a little bit about what's going on in the outside normal world. You head to bed. The alarm goes off like normal. Next morning, you had a pretty good night's rest. Well, that's a relief. At least somebody is. Yeah. I'm going to want to make an early start today. Uh, I'm going to make a stop off before work. And so I will 
scarf down my breakfast really fast, take a cup of coffee with me, and make a side trip to uh, Sacramento. You find the dead drop location. You're able to go through the appropriate tradecraft secrets and putting the uh, the USB device there. Did you give them all, or did you just give them a bit? Um, I think I gave them all. Okay. So you drop it off, and you kind of look nervously at it, not sure as to who's going to pick it up or where they're going to pick it up. And you head to your your normal daily thing now. You walk into work, and Trevor's there, and he looks at you. Hey, hey! How's it going, Redacted? Going okay. It's good, 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 good. Looking tight. And he walks on by. Thanks, Trevor. Gives you finger guns as he turns around the corner. I need to call Javier and check in on him. He picks up after a couple rings. Hey, how's it going? Going well. How's it going with you? They moved me into another room. They admitted me. No. They want to do a whole bunch of tests. Yeah, I'm not not really surprised at that. Apparently something's causing me to have seizures. Well, I'm sure they'll get it sorted out. Yeah, I don't know. I feel comfortable here. I think I'll be okay. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a little nervous because... Well, that's understandable. There's times when I feel like I'm just wading through you know, low surf, my feet are getting sucked into the sands and just keep getting hit with wave after wave after wave. They're not too big. They're just enough to make me unstable. Did I give you anything? Yes. Did it? Okay. Is it, is it safe? Yeah. Is it important? I think, I think it probably is. Okay. All right. I'm Oh, they're they're motioning for me. I've I've got to go. Uh, apparently, I'm gonna go get a uh, um, an MRI. All right. Um, I'll I'll talk with you later. Yep. He hangs up without saying goodbye. Okay. Well, at least he's still around. What's next, sir? What's next? Um, it's probably getting toward late afternoon, evening in South Africa, so I should probably call Mister Clopper. You're able to make the call. A woman picks up the line. Office of uh, Mikhail Klopper. Uh, hello. Um, my name is Little. I found uh, Mr. Klopper's business card in Muir Woods. And uh, I wanted to speak to him about uh, what he might have been doing there. Oh, um, very well. Mr. Klopper is currently out of the office at the moment in time. Um, I can take a message and have him call you back. He does check in with us quite a bit. Yes, if you could do that, I would appreciate it. Thank you. I presume you give her your phone number and and whatnot. Yes, and I'll tell them that uh, I'm in the States. Oh, she doesn't say anything other than, oh, but you kind of get the feeling that he might be in the States as well. Takes down your information, and um, if he has the opportunity, he will be in touch with you, Mr. Little. Thank you. She disconnects, and you realize that that was probably going to be an expensive phone call. Not too long, though. Long distance rate, international long distance rates have come way down, especially since when we were kids. Yep. All right. What next? I will probably spend a, a while doing my actual job. But uh, when I feel like I've accomplished something there, I will take a break, and uh, I want to call... Uh, 
The other Dr. Peasley. Uh, Dr. Peasley's office? Uh, hello, uh, my name is Redacted. I've been speaking to your father about some things, and uh, he suggested I talk to you about them. He did now. Yes, um, things about, you know, libraries and, and such. <laughs> what are you, some kind of medium? Are you playing a prank on me? No. My father's been dead for about 50 years. But tell me, what was he telling you about a library? Um, well, he was telling about uh, the work he'd done in a very special library. I think you've been there as well. Who are you? I'm, I'm an investigator with the government. The line is disconnected. Interesting. Obviously, I said the wrong thing there. I'm going to get on the internet and uh, look for an obituary. It's not that hard to find. You find in the late 1970s, Professor Nathaniel Wingate Peasley, a professor at Dominican University of California, passed peacefully in his sleep, survived by his son, Wingate Peasley, preceded in death by his wife and two brothers and his, uh, his parents. All right, and then I want to uh, look up the faculty directory for Dominican University. He's not on there. Oh, joy. You saw it before. Damn chroniclers messing with everything. You still have his phone number. He's called you. Yeah, well, I'll call him. Fiji Acapulco Seaside, do you want takeout or do you want delivery? Uh, sorry, wrong number. Okay. Your phone rings back immediately. It's the same number. I will answer it. Um, hello, Mr. Redacted. I'm sorry that I was not able to take your call a moment ago. Uh, yes, I, apparently you were dead at the moment. Oh, I've been so busy, yes. Very busy. Did you did you get the thing from, from your friend? I got things from my friend. I talked to your son briefly. How is that, Cad? Oh, he thought I was pulling a prank on him. Yeah, that's always like him, yes. Well, it's understandable, I mean, since his, his father died 50 years ago. Uh, I guess that's when he says that he wants, wanted to uh, break off from, from me and do his own thing, yes. Well, no, that's what, the, uh, that's what your obituary says as well. Oh, well, it seems though someone is playing a prank upon you, sir. Perhaps on both of us. Quite possibly. Well... Have you spoken to your son recently? We have not. We don't really communicate that often. I would say you. we are estranged. Very well. Is there anything I could tell him that would let him know that I've been speaking to you? Well, you can tell him that, you know, we, we have a common interest in uh, the Yithian culture. I suppose I'll give that a try. Maybe not right away, though. Oh, that's understandable. Ah, uh, so you you got an indication that I'd, I'd called you? Yes. It said I had one missed call, and it was from you, so I decided I would ring you back directly. Was that okay? Uh, the call was not missed. It went through to a, a restaurant of some kind. Oh, maybe there are some crossed lines in, in the switch or the exchange somewhere. Yes... I'm sure there are. 
You probably run into this sort of thing all the time. Eh, happens more often than you think. I think that there's just things in this world that are pushed against you, almost as though that they are a barrier that you need to overcome or hurdle over. Like that chap, Jesse Owens. I suppose. Well, uh, thank you for calling me back. I was uh, about to give up on you for dead. Oh, thank you. I'm glad that you did not. And I'll... We'll probably be in touch again. Um, do you have the attachment? Yes. Do you have the recording device as well? I have a device. I'm not sure if that, that's what it is. It's something that was transcribed upon. I would really, if possible, I would like to see them. To actually put my hands upon them. You think you could make sense of them? Yes. What is your purpose in wanting to see them? Curiosity. Well, I can certainly understand that. Well, I'll, I will be in touch. All right. Well, I look forward to seeing you. I hope that we can um, we can meet soon. Is there some reason for urgency? Well, just curiosity burns brightly in the beginning days. Curiosity begins to fade as time extends. I wish to capture this moment. Energy ebbs and flows, you understand, yes? No, not really. Bring it at once, and we can we can see what it is and work from there. Well, I'll I'll, I'll need to see when I can fit it into my schedule. All right, I understand. I am also a busy man. Yes, I will say goodbye to him. Fire off a quick message to Ewalex asking if he got the material. When you get off the line, you actually receive as you're beginning to type to the the ranch chat group. Got it, buddy. Picked up that lost cow. Great. Uh, let me know what she's got as, as, as soon as you've got anything. A few moments later. Is this a Hello Kitty USB drive? Question mark, question mark, question mark. They work the same as all the others. No judgment. I'm a Panda Apple fan myself. And that's that's it for, for a bit from the ranch. The rest of your workday goes well. Your workload is fairly light. For all of the the oddness of your current supervisor or manager and their freewheelingness of time off and very carefree attitude, your workload has lessened, but your productivity has increased. You're able to focus on things. Whatever they're doing, it's working and everybody is in good morale, except for the usual grumpy Gus kind of folks that are always cranky, but they're a little bit less cranky. Now they're just cranky because the coffee isn't strong enough in the break room. Well, it never is. You hop in your car after work and you head to Petaluma. Traffic is very heavy today and it takes you longer than normal. It seems though that when you're on the surface streets, you hit every red light. One construction job that you pass by, they start to close off the road right behind you, almost as though that you missed it by a few moments. You arrive at the Petaluma uh, Historical Library and Museum. It is a off-white stone building with four large columns in front and a large oak door. It says free public library in the stonework above the columns. This library itself is a style of what is known as the Carnegie style of libraries. It's a neoclassic style of building, and the Carnegie libraries were donated by the uh, businessman and philanthropist Andrew Carnegie. So it is 
a testament to education. Um, it's one of about 2,500 free and public libraries, all with a very similar design or layout or focus in architecture as well. You find decent parking. The parking deities were kind to you today. And you walk up the main, the front stairs. As you get to the threshold, as you're about to cross past the pillars, you step through a static electricity field. All of the hair on your arms and your legs and the back of your neck stand on end. The sounds of the birds outside stop as you walk past this. You recently experienced something similar to this in Afghanistan without the darkness on the other side. I will turn around and look back and see if anything has changed behind me. No, looks clear. Looks uh, looks like a beautiful, beautiful day in Petaluma. Um, only a few clouds in the sky, bright blue sky. The lawn is green. You hear to your left on this patio porch entryway before you're actually able to enter into the library. Hey, hey, you. And you see a homeless man stand up. He's dressed in clothes that have seen better days. He's, you know, tried to keep clean, has a stocking cap on. Hey, you, you're not allowed here. Why not? You're not allowed in. You gotta go. What am I? You, you know who you are. You know what you are. Are you gonna stop me from going in? Michael Harris, a.k.a. River. Date of birth, November 21st. You graduated from University of Washington, then went to the UC Davis. Wife, Jennifer. Jennifer Harris. Father of, of Katie Lynn Harris. You are a rogue. You are not allowed in. If you take one more step, and you hear the sound of a switchblade. I'm Seth Jones, and I play River. I'm Dan Voshkevich, the Handler. Our story is based on the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dreams Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Back in Bedlam is an original story created by me, Dan Voshkevich, with assistance from Seth Jones. If you like our story, there are a few ways to support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episodes, Rowan's written reports for each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons, Stephen Schwartz, Director Arayo, Jonathan Powell, Tom Padula, M.S. Asnikar, Heather Ney, Jen Obertaz, Jake Blair, Bob Clancy, Kit Thompson, Danny, Lady Bedivere, Sherrick Manning, Red Dead Coquette, Blardimus, Ginger Fury, Dr. Christian Lehman, Kate, DB, Eli the Kraut, Mickey Maki, and the entity some have called George. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on all the usual social media sites. Also, check out our website, www.theredactedreportspodcast.com. All of our handouts are archived there. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to Agent Harker through the contact form there. The Redact Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear with us, give Quest and Chaos YouTube and Twitch channels a visit. 
They play Dungeons and Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. Join us next week because a single inky black wing propels a hunter through the darkest of night and eyes, way, way too many eyes peer at us from the abyss, waiting for us to let down our guards so they can consume our puny existence and subjugate the remainder in the names of the old gods.